If you want to learn what it takes to sell over a hundred million dollars worth of products with the written word, then you're going to want to listen to my guest today, Ian Stanley. Ian's a really good email copywriter. I mentioned him back in episode 73, Design a Dangerous Email Swipe File. He's one of the guys I recommend that you go sign up to the list and watch. And for a good reason, because uh, obviously he tells really good stories inside the emails, but you know, he just segues that pitch really, really well. And that's why I really recommended it. Um, but today's episode is going to be obviously about email copy, also about money mindset. Um, really, really important, especially like if you want to hit that level of 100 million, if that's your goal in, in sales, then you're definitely going to want to listen to this. All right, and a little bit of uh, Ian's back bio. So Ian's has sold over $100 million worth of products online over the past few years, which has earned him the title of Persuasion Hitman. He's considered to be one of the best copywriters in the world. And if you're interested to learn more about what is this Persuasion Hitman, he's got a free book that you can go check it out in the description below. But otherwise, this is Jules Dan from Storytelling Secrets. I know you're going to enjoy today's episode. I sure did. Uh, so let's get straight into the intro and then into the podcast. Have you ever heard a story that just made you feel, wow, I'm ready, I'm fired up? A story that captures everyone's attention and gets you to spread it to all your friends? Or how about a story that creates real impact and connection with the audience? Why do stories do this? And how can we create stories like this in business? I've been obsessed with figuring these questions out. I've been starting and failing multiple online businesses now for two years, struggling to find an audience I truly wanted to serve. It wasn't until I discovered my dream customers were struggling with these exact questions, except I didn't know where to find these people. I hopped on a plane to the US to attend a marketing conference that I met my dream customers, and I saw firsthand how powerful stories really are. After that, I went all in on my hunch. If you're looking for the real secrets behind how stories can get your audience fired up, to take action, and to change their lives through your words, this podcast is for you. My name is Jules Dan, and this is Storytelling Secrets. Cool. Cool. Hey, welcome everyone. This is Jules Dan from Storytelling Secrets. I'm here with Ian Stanley. He is one of the world's best copywriters. He's all about email. Um, really excited to have him on the show today. Um, Ian, how's it going? Yeah, great, man. Happy to be here. I love storytelling and I like secrets. So right. it works out well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And you're also a persuasion hit man. There's, there's heaps of topics we can go down. Um, I kind of want to get to know the little bit of the backstory. Uh, there's one cool thing you said, how I sold $100 million worth of stuff. I know we don't want to be here f- till Christmas, but could you give me a bit of a, a snapshot of what that looks like from start to finish? As far as the products were and stuff like that. <clears throat> what was that? Sorry. As far as like what the products were and like what I actually sold type of thing. Oh uh, yeah. And it, like a bit of the journey of like how you sort of like started out and then how that progressed to the next level, next level. And cause obviously hundred millions, it's, pretty, it's a lot of money. <laughs> a reasonable, a reasonable sum. Um, yeah, so sort of the shorter version of the story is my sophomore year of college, I had, uh, I transferred schools and I had to wait a quarter while I was in the, basically into the new school. Cause I decided to transfer so late. So I basically spent only a class like twice a week at night on like Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I basically had all this free time and I would just click on ads on the internet and buy products off of ClickBank. Most of them were 
garbage, <clears throat> didn't really do anything with it. And then junior year took it, started to take it a little more seriously and, and decided to get good at, um, uh, at email. And so I actually, I wrote a book on how to pick up women, which is what everybody does when you're 20 years old, you know? And so I wrote that. And then my buddy and I, uh, I got paid 500 bucks to write 150 emails actually for the guys and a friend of mine, Jordan Hall. And uh, so I made about five bucks an email Yeah. and I now charge 1500 per email. So it's kind of funny to look back how much that's changed. And so, uh, from there, my buddy bought some Bing ads to this pre-sale page that I wrote. Yep. And uh, we sold the Dow of Badass was the product. It was this product on how to pick up women. And then uh, uh, we had made literally maybe a grand or so. But it was that first sale really was like, oh, wow, this is, you know, real. I can make money doing this. I remember I made $113.84 during one of my finals. And I was like, oh, all you losers are going to go get jobs and I'm going to be, you know, rich as fuck. Yep. And then, uh, and then that didn't continue to pan out. So basically, <clears throat> um, graduated. Then I, I worked a job doing sales, uh, t- basically selling direct TV at like Best Buy. And um, I was teaching tennis. And then I finally decided, you know, I was trying to build this dating business and do all this different shit. And I was like, I'm just going to get good at one thing. And that one thing is copywriting. Mm-hmm. And so I would hand copy a sales letter for an hour every day. And um, I went from there to writing all the emails for a company called the credit solution program. So we had a list of 1.2 million people and I would just, I would write all the emails, do all the testing, crazy split tests. And then that's where I then created my 80, 20 email copy crash course based on all the stuff I've learned there. Mm-hmm. I then worked with a company called crisis education where we sold a product called the four foot farm was the main offer when I got there. And it was basically how to grow a hundred pounds of food in a four by four foot space. And we were doing like 20 grand a day on Google ads. And then, uh, and then we had this water filter and I went from being sort of the writer to being on camera. And I would do these videos where I drank out of toilets uh, using the filter, of course. And so those would go sort of viral. We'd spend money on, we made a bunch of money with those. And then, uh, I left that company. We sold a bunch of supplements as well and then left that company, started my own water filter company, uh, sold that about a year later to the fastest growing startup in Canada and then different freelancing and stuff. And, you know, in between then and then now mainly have my business almost passive income, help people make more money in less time while having more fun. Mm-hmm. But I've sold a lot of survival, a lot of health um, and then a, a pretty good amount of how to make money online as well but that's always been sort of until the last year that's always been my side project is sort of teaching people what i'm actually using and now it's become the main project that being said i'm launching a supplement this week so um so yeah that's sort of the the breakdown of it a lot of um you know i've sold a lot of air filters and solar panels and uh like solar generate like two thousand dollars solar generators and water filters and I mean, baby carriers and I've sold a lot of different stuff is what it comes down to. Lots of information products, all sorts of shit. Yeah. So it sounds like you got a really nice broad range of little tiny health, survival, how to make money. Don't hear that too often. Personal finance. Yeah. Crap. I figure if you, I figured if I could write interesting emails about how to improve your credit score, that I'd be able to write interesting emails about anything. So that was sort of my foray into it was like, oh, it'll be, it's dead easy to write about dating when I'm having to write about 
you know, your FICO score. Yeah. So yeah. when I could make that interesting, I was like, okay, now I'm actually good at this. Okay. I'll definitely want to touch on how you made that credit score email. Cool. Um, but one thing that you did mention it, um, before I chat was the, the money mindset that uh, I know you talk about in your emails a lot, the, the money meditation, but you know, obviously I remember in listening to John McIntyre's uh, podcast and you said you had a major in Netflix or something like that. So how did did you go from uh, having a major in Netflix to changing your mindset and your belief to where you are today? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think the the joke I like to say is after I got my actual college degree, I was getting a second degree in Netflix and chill. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Um, And so, uh, uh, I mean, it was really that commitment. It was that choice. I knew I was going to succeed. It was just a matter of how and when, and I was trying to do everything. So this is sort of, I mean, it's still something I deal with to, to this day of over extending myself and taking on too many different um, projects at once and trying to get good at too many things at once. So like right now, for the first time in probably like six years, I've decided to learn a new sort of online skill very specifically, which is YouTube ads. Just mm-hmm. set up my first YouTube ad about an hour ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now for the next couple of months i'm going to be focused on one thing and one thing only so every day my only requirement of absolute necessary work is to launch a new youtube ad so Mm -hmm. it's for me it was about focus and deciding okay well everybody online is trying to fucking write a sales page and create a product and do customer service and run traffic and get affiliates and do all this and they're all broke and so I just said, all right, what's the one skill I like the most? And it was copywriting and then specifically email copywriting became what I enjoy mm-hmm. the most. So, you know, that's really, um, really what it came down to for me was that commitment and that choice and that focus on one thing. So picking the thing that you decide you want to be good at and only getting good at that. And then once you're good at that, then you can add other skills, right? So going from writing copy to writing email copy to making videos, to creating products, to doing all these other pieces, but starting out with just that one core thing um, and then making that commitment. Okay. And then, you know, to, to tap into sort of some yep. of the mindset stuff and what you're talking, you know, I have these meditations, I've got the money magnet and the money tree and I do the money magnet every day. Um, and, uh, and a lot of it comes down to the abundance mindset, which is very easy to talk about and a lot harder to create in someone unless you do these meditations I teach, then it sort of does it on autopilot for you. Yep. Um, but there was a sentence that my buddy's dad, who I've still never met, said to him that he told me in college that always stuck with me. He said, if you believe money is, an, is a scarce resource, then it is one. If you believe money is an abundant resource, it becomes one. Yep. And for me, that was really a big shift was always viewing money as this thing that could have an endless um, possibility and so so many people try to get wealthy through savings but savings is based on a limited you can only save in direct proportion to what you earn so to me it was always about expanding that earning dude i I can't like the part where you said when you think money is scarce and then when you switch it to money is abundant like i couldn't agree more at the start of this year like you i was i started out writing email copy five dollars an email and then that's when i hired a coach and he also had these sort of these little triggers to help switch that mentality around. Um, like there's money taped in my room everywhere. You touch money, think abundantly. Um, have you got 
what are some of the things that you sort of touch on in that, in that meditation? Is it like a visualization? Is it a mantra? Yeah. So it's, a, it's, <clears throat> it's basically a combination of um, there's affirmations, visualization, the visualization is the most powerful piece, but the affirmations um, I'm actually literally about to write an email about this right after this, basically affirmations only work in two scenarios. Um, so people are like, Oh, I, I am rich. I am wealthy. I mm-hmm. am, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's just words. So you have to actually create the feeling for an affirmation to work. And the way to do that is to get yourself into a suggestive state. So you have to actually change your physiological state in order for the affirmations to take hold. Uh, And so the way to do that is through what I call blood flow management, which is basically a couple of breathing um, techniques that within about two or three minutes, I can get anybody into a suggestive state. And, uh, and this doesn't mean hypnotic. This is not hypnosis. This isn't saying you have to be suggestible. Um, it's just getting your brain into a state where it's open to suggestions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then feeling the words. So every day and every way I get richer and richer. Um, you know, I'm a money magnet. Money flows to me effortlessly. Yep. Everywhere I go, money starts to flow. Uh, these phrases, if you just say them sort of how I just said them, they're not going to do anything. But if you get yourself into a suggestive state and then say them, it will start to shift things. Uh, and then the most important piece is the visualization aspect. And that's the stuff that I take people through in the meditations. Uh, and, and it creates a feeling. It's Money has its own feelings. And if your feelings are bad or bad, it doesn't want to be around you. Yep. And so by shifting the way that you think and feel about money, uh, money's going to shift the way that it shows up for you. And there's a great quote by uh, Gene Simmons, the, uh, the guy from Kiss. The, you know, the guy from Kiss. Yeah, he said, if you wake up thinking about money, how to make more money and you go to bed thinking about how to make more money. There's no way you won't make more money. And the thing is, is that's great. But to consciously try and wake up and force yourself to think that and all that is not the best way to do it. If you wake up and you do this meditation instead and you actually, because what happens is you're retraining your subconscious. There's something called the the reticular activation system, which is basically a system in our brain that notices the things that we deem important. So when you go and you buy a new truck, right? I bought a Ford Raptor, right? Mm -hmm. So now everywhere I go, I see and notice trucks and I never used to notice trucks at all. It's not because there's more trucks on the road. It's because now I've sent a signal to my brain that that's important. So by waking up and resetting your beliefs about money, you actually notice money where you wouldn't otherwise. So it's a genuine shift in your brain's ability to see things. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that principle, it's like you're planting a seed of desire into your head, but in this case, you just default seeing what you want to see, which is abundance. And it makes a lot of sense. Say when you're, when you want want to buy a car and it's that particular type of car and then suddenly it's everywhere. Just like you said, really interesting. When, when did you realize that say all this mindset stuff was probably about 80% of the game and then skill set was 20. I keep th- hearing the number throwing around. Maybe it's different in your opinion. Yeah. opinion. Um, but yeah, when was that sort of moment, that shift? Did you have like a spooky sort of moment when someone uh, recommended this exercise to you? No. Um, well, yeah, I guess to a degree actually. So in college, I played tennis and we had a coach called Jerry Lynch who actually his – initial sort of formula for the meditation visualization affirmation mm-hmm. um, is sort of the foundation of what I now teach with a lot of my own tweaks. It's basically the meditations I teach are a combination of blood flow, uh, breathing, uh, visualization, ninjutsu, this weird shit I learned from this ninja guy, and then yeah. the movie Inception. And it's basically a mix of those things and putting them together to, to shift what happens in people's lives. 
and the way that they feel. And so, um, I mean, I knew it in tennis because I was a, I was a psychopath on the court. I'd throw rackets over fences and punch walls and off the court, I was always super chill, but on the yeah. court, I was, I was a nutcase and everybody knew if you could get in mad, uh, they could beat me. If yeah. I didn't get mad, I would probably win. It was pretty rare that I didn't get mad. And so skill set wise, I mean, you know, I, I can hit a 130 mile an hour serve and hit the ball as well as anyone. None of that matters if you don't make the right choices and you don't have the right emotional state when you're on the court. Mm. So with business, it was a lot different. I just naturally had a much better mindset and belief system. But then going through, um, I had a business with a therapist for a while. His name is Brent Charlton. And we did a lot of, basically, I did like 30 years of therapy for myself over the course of about two years. Yep. Um, made a huge shift. And then I started teaching the deeper money stuff and seeing just the craziest results. I mean, the, the testimonials we get from the meditations are just absolutely insane. I've it's seen just them. like yeah. they see, yeah, they seem made up. Like they're so crazy that they just seem fake. It's, it's nuts. Um, and so, you know, I think the reality is the only person who can really get in your way is you and anybody who thinks that the tactics and techniques are the things that are going to take you for, that's not true. If you're, if you're fucked in the head or even if you just don't have the right emotional and mental capabilities, you're going to continue to self-sabotage and get in your own way. Um, and, or you'll end up making a lot of money and you'll still be miserable and you think that the money was supposed to solve it and it didn't do anything you thought it was supposed to do. Mm, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I started doing this work this year and it's just been a big shift and not only how much money comes towards you, but how good you feel about, like receiving it and just day-to-day sort of stuff. Um, we could keep talking about this for ages. I, I don't have you for too long though, Ian. So um, would you mind shifting gears a little bit? I want to talk more about email copy. Um, and yeah. there, was, there was a workshop you ran recently called Email Triggers. I know it was a 3K investment. You probably don't want to disenfranchise people who invested that much, but could you give my listeners a bit of a rundown what the concept is and some of the benefits and maybe a tip or two on how they could put it up, pull it off themselves. Yeah. I'm very, very cautious about what I talk about, about this publicly, because I don't know if you've seen people who use weird from names in their emails. So it'll be from your abs or your knees. I've, or I've your noticed back. that. Yep. Yeah. So I was the one who started that and uh, I taught it at a mastermind uh, just with a group of like a bunch of seven and eight figure entrepreneurs about six months later, people finally started doing it. And now the entire industry does it. Uh, mm. And there's been no, no payout to me, despite the literal billions that have been sold through it. So I'm very cautious now if I have something that's a genuine game changer mm. on how much I, I share the depth of it. And the cool thing is about the triggers too, is I have people who they try and figure it out by being on my list. They're like, oh, I know what he's doing. And I sort of equate it to like, I'm the Wizard of Oz or I'm the puppeteer. And like, you can see the puppet dancing, you might even see the strings, but you don't know how I'm moving my fingers to make it all happen. Mm. Um, and so, but I can give sort of a basic synopsis, which yeah. is essentially what you're doing is, and I, I call it the email trifecta. Um, and you're showing up at the top of someone's inbox while they're in their inbox, um, talking about something that they are genuinely interested in because they've just showed interest in it. So it's basically real time behavioral targeting. So most uh, email marketing and a lot of marketing in general is predictive. Mm-hmm. So it's, you're trying to preemptively predict what a person wants or what they're going to want to hear next. Whereas with this, what you're doing is you're reacting. So 
you're reacting to what it is that they've said they're interested in, and then you're giving them content based on that. So if somebody clicks on a certain link, you're sending them another email based on what it is that they just did. And that's sort of the core basic level of the concept. And then I have all these crazy ways to do this. We have people, uh, we just did that workshop and we have people having 88% increase in revenue and one email immediately. They make back their investment within one email. We had the guys who came to the $10,000 where they actually paid $12,000 copy and deliverability, email copy and deliverability workshop. They sent one trigger to a segment of 14,000 and made 17,000 in one email paid for their whole event. Um, it's just basically a very unique way of using what people are doing in that moment to retarget them in their inbox with offers that they want to click on and buy. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, man, I, I can't wait to get my hands on that when it's available again. I, tr- I was actually one of those people who looked at the puppet and thought I could try and remaster it. So yep. after a uh, webinar, obviously you're, you're against the promo box as much as I am. You, um, yep. Uh, I, yeah, I have a whole product on how to get out of the promo. Tab I got, I've got so that product. Important. It's good. Um, so all I kind of did was just after the webinar email, after they clicked the first one, it's just a trigger email saying, Hey, um, if you want to get more great content, add me to your contact list. And, um, we've also used your little tip of, um, maybe we can edit this out if you don't want me to share it, but the part where you say support at, and then their email address, Matt, that's been working so damn well. Um, for the promo tab, uh, for getting out of the promo tab or just landing everything. You don't have to edit that part out. Basically. I mean, that's literally probably the most underpriced product of all time is a hundred bucks for the, how to mm. get out of the promo tab. I got it. it um, amazing. And one thing we can just say, like, I mean, literally you're talking about the difference between 10 and 20% open rates, the difference between 3% and 20% open rates. People that don't have that product, you send emails. I'm like, Oh, you're literally just wasting money. money every single time you send an email. Um, but yeah, sometimes what happens is your domain will actually be the issue. So and not even your actual domain, but the email you're sending from. So we started going to promo tab using Ian at feedthewolf.com and switching over to support at feedthewolf.com. Everything is going straight through to primary. So quick tip for people yeah, that sometimes changing that uh, can make all the difference for you because basically your domain has been flagged as something that is promo uh, and can cause a huge issue. Yes. And testing the crap out of it is almost... Uh, it's just so painful. I don't know if you've ever sat there for an hour being like, fuck, which word is, is I have. This? It's one of the worst things ever. Thankfully, pretty much all of us go straight to primary now because of domain reputation and stuff. But mm-hmm. oh my God, when it's going badly, it's the most frustrating thing. I actually just have one of my team members do it because I couldn't stand it. It takes a, it turns yeah. a 15, you know, 10 minute email into a, an hour and it's, it's a nightmare. But the reality is the difference is dramatic and it's worth doing the testing because it, and also as you get better and better at it and as you create sort of, you know, as you go through that one, the product's only 15 minutes as well, the main product, because that's all yeah. it needs to be. And so within 15 minutes, people are suddenly going through the primary. Um, and then I'd say for the triggers thing, it's interesting because what you're talking about using the trigger for is it's a good idea, but it's definitely not the best way to use a trigger. What you're talking about with the webinars. I have a, I have one webinar trigger email that I give away in the, the trigger training mm-hmm. that literally is responsible for over 50% of my sales uh, when I do webinar promos and it's just a trigger email gets about 70% opens and 50% click throughs. Um, and it's, 
that just kills it. But there's that's why I actually had a guy who came out for a $9,000 coaching day. And uh, he was like, yeah, I was trying to figure out triggers on my own. And he showed me what he set up. And I was like, oh, wow, this isn't even close to what it's supposed to be. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, you're totally fucking wrong. So I told mm-hmm. him what to change. And he's like, whoa, okay. Aren't you a generous I should probably guy? stop guessing. <laughs> Very generous guy. Only yeah, cost yeah. him nine grand. Oh, okay. Paid, okay. He could have paid the three, you know? Okay. Okay. I didn't know it was, I didn't, I thought it was free advice for a second, but nah, that makes total no, sense. No, no, no. He paid nine grand to come hang out at my place in Boise for a day. That's cool. I so love Boise. Was there last year? For it. It's a great place. Yeah. yeah. They got lots of good chips and fries there. Lots of, lots of good outdoor activities as well. Yep. Yep. Totally. Um, okay. I only got you for a few more minutes. Um, I would love to keep go- talking about Gmail promo tab is such a fascinating topic, even though it's unsexy as fuck for a lot of people. Um, but you know, a lot of the problems I'm saying with so this is our prospect. Sometimes I just opt into people's lists and then just cold email them. Sometimes I might do that if it's a really dry spell, but big problem I'm seeing is that emails are boring as they're so boring or it's just, it doesn't suck you in. Um, and that's like probably another reason why people aren't seeing the results they want. So, Let's just pretend, uh, imagine that I'm one of your students. I'm writing really boring emails. Um, what what would that piece of advice be so that you get me writing emails that just suck people in? Yeah, so I mean, I do this. So I have my paid membership group, the unit where people are submitting copy every other week and their emails and stuff. And I'm always going through and there's, this is boring is something I'll say right away. If the first few lines don't get me, this is boring. And so the first place to start, and it's literally a full chapter in my book because it's such a big issue. It's the first sentence is the most important sentence. Mm-hmm. So just as a quick tip, do not start your fucking emails with, hi, my name's Ian Stanley. Yeah. And I'd like to, no, it's a waste. Nobody gives a shit. Just go straight into the most compelling sentence of your entire email. So there's a sales letter I've written that's become relatively famous with the opening line, John didn't know he was going to die that night. And so mm, it's that same formula. Can you pull somebody into a sentence that they can't help but read the next sentence? Start with a short sentence in your emails because it gets that sort of greases the groove, yeah. slippery slide, slippery slope. Um, but the big thing about being boring, so there are three things to go look through for any copy. Is it, Where is it confusing, unbelievable, or boring? And unbelievable doesn't mean like unbelievable. It means like I can't, I don't believe it. Yeah. So that's sort of the cub method of copy. But when it comes to boring, there's a, I've, I've written like three or four newsletters now on this topic that we're going to compile into a book called How to Not Be Boring because I think one of my absolute number one rules of all marketing is don't be boring. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't believe that there's saturated markets in this world. I believe there's just bored markets. There's just markets that haven't been shown something unique yet. Yeah. Um, and so one of the big things that uh, one of the ways to understand, you know, what is the, what is the opposite of boring? The word would be interesting. So how do you create something interesting? There's a guy, Naval Ravikant, mm-hmm. great thinker about money who says, uh, he goes, you know, if you see someone riding a unicycle at a, at a circus, that's interesting. You see a bear. Well, that's interesting, but you see a bear riding a unicycle. Now that's really interesting. Yeah. So being, being a contradiction putting things together that don't seem to mix um, being a contrarian or, or taking ideas that don't seem to fit together, how to eat donuts and lose fat, you know, um, how to improve your health by only eating meat, 
how to like you take these ideas that seemingly are contrary uh, contrarian based on what society accepts and knows right now yep and then you combine those phrases to create something that has this polarity and contrast that makes it inherently interesting and, that's it. and then the big thing is yeah and so much of it is just the beginning mm-hmm. just to you like so many people bury the best part of their email halfway down or towards the end um and then and then one of the best ways to start creating more interesting emails is what i call correlation emails which is a big part of my 80 20 course is just um learning how to tell stories about just about anything and then relating them to your product in a way that I also Absolutely. call it sort of a seamless transition where you're like, I just read the story about the golden gate bridge and suddenly I wanted to buy this product about an email copy. How did that happen? Yep. But they feel like they were taken on an enjoyable fun journey. Um, and that comes down to learning how to tell stories. Well, that are seemingly unrelated to your topic, but inherently interesting stories and then taking two to three sentences Basically, I break these type of emails down into three parts. You have your, your story, you have your transition, and then you have your call to action. Yeah. And so what most people do is they just have story, then it's like call to action. You're like, whoa, there was like, I call it a, a hammer, a sledgehammer transition. So you feel like you're getting hit over the head with a hammer. And so what I teach people to do is learn how to create what I call sandpaper transitions. So smooth them out. So two to three sentences one to three sentences that really smoothly take you from whatever you were just reading to the thing that you want them to buy mm-hmm. where people feel like, wow, I don't even know how that happened, but I want to buy this thing. And I was entertained and now I like this person more. Um, and it's an art form, but it's, it's a very valuable one. Yeah. And for listeners who are wondering, how do you do this opt into Ian's list and just watch what happens when he makes an offer? Um, He's, he's got that story. I remember one time you made a story about World of Warcraft and somehow it made it related to an off. I'm like, I'm like, geez, how did you do that? But anyways, it, it's, it's a, it's a, yeah, very I nice think that was the one I was the money meditation. I had been doing my money meditations and I got given yeah. a bunch of gold playing yeah. World of Warcraft. That's so weird. And uh, yeah, I got a bunch of responses to that one too. Crazy. Hey, and you know, thanks for coming on to my show, uh, storytelling secrets. If you, if you'd like to plug, uh, anything uh, more than welcome. You've got about 30 seconds to a minute to go for it. Yeah. So, um, I guess for people who are interested in storytelling, uh, my book confessions of a persuasion hitman, the unusual rules I learned from selling over a hundred million dollars worth of stuff online, uh, would probably be a, a great place for you to go. There's a bonus there you get. That's, uh, how I tell story. It's my storytelling masterclass. Um, and the book's free. You just cover the shipping fee, which is literally $5 and 89 cents. Um, for people who are interested in that, I would definitely recommend that. And then if you want the meditation stuff, which we talked about quite a bit here, go to moneytreemeditation.com. So money tree, like a tree that grows money, mm-hmm. meditation.com. And you can get that one for free. That's the only meditation that I give away uh, for free. And it's actually a lot of people's favorite ones and really, really, really weird stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All those links that, yeah, all those links that Ian mentioned are going to be in the podcast description. And Ian, you know, thanks a lot for coming on to Storytelling Secrets. Yeah. All right. Cheers, man. Appreciate it. Okay. That is a wrap with my guest today, Ian Stanley. Hope you enjoyed it. Really cool takeaways from that. And again, if you want to check out that money tree meditation he just mentioned at the end, those pretty cool, crazy testimonial stories. I like to use it on a daily basis myself. Um, and you can also check out his uh, book, confessions of a persuasion hitman um those links are down below and if you just want to follow him for you know just for 
to either get inspiration from his copy or just see what he's up to, um, yeah, I'd highly recommend you go sign up to his email list. You won't regret it. It's it, it's mm, really good stuff. I won't leave it at that. Okay, that's it for t- this week. This is Jules Dan. I hope you're going to tune in next Monday for the solo show and see you later.